And our top story today deals with SAP and new initiatives, new ideas they're announcing that will quote unquote future-proof the supply chain. Grace Jarkey is here to give us the details on SAP Sapphire. Grace, what have you learned that, that stood out to you so far? Well, it's, SAP Sapphire is a really interesting event that the company put on this week in Orlando, Florida. And it was really great to see a bunch of new products and partnerships uh, announced at it. But for me in particular, our supply chains, we got to see, of course, another great investment into AI solutions for supply chains as a whole. Uh, they actually announced a partnership with Microsoft, which is a big part of this. And with that uh, partnership, they've created what they call SAP Business AI. And so while integrating Microsoft 360 Copilot and Azure's OpenAI, uh, a smart uh, investment they've made there, they're able to really create some really interesting tools for the logistics community not only to tackle a lot of what we've talked about, right, like these inside the business operational time-wasting jobs, but to focus on some of these really detrimental issues that could hurt the future of uh, global supply chains all over. So it was really interesting to see, like, that was their main focus. It's not just, like, how to improve your operations, but to really make yourself resilient for the future. Grace, this is just, I think, a huge news story because when we're thinking about, of course, AI, one of the first things that really pops into everyone's mind is going to be ChatGPT and, of course, Microsoft's hand in it as well. So when we're looking at really this partnership, um, can you talk to, as you mentioned, the larger scale opportunities here? Because I can only imagine this is going to save so much time to just get those answers that much faster. Yeah, so what I'm really looking forward to, right, is a lot of these different types of global restructuring, especially a regulatory uh, problems that are going to start, we're going to start seeing across uh, our global partners. And, you know, of course, there's geopolitical issues that we've seen pop up as well that we have to make our supply chains resilient too. But a few to kind of showcase like how much more difficult it could be for global trade. Uh, for instance, Germany, they recently enacted their Supply Chain Due Diligence Act, which really forces companies to report on their supply chains of any unethical practices. So we're talking child labor laws, uh, we're talking environmental harm, uh, we're really those ESG initiatives, right? Uh, and, and being able to report back if you were to find anything, uh, any issues within your supply chain, it's important that you address those with uh, Germany and change those. But of course, there's huge fines that could occur up to 2% of average annual revenues for some of these companies as well, which the bigger you get, the, the heftier that becomes. Uh, there's also, I did an interview this week on the radio with Box C, and we were talking about uh, changes in the duty structure uh, in Europe, within the uh, European Union. Uh, for example, uh, now any type, any uh, valued good, which used to be at least $800, but any valued good that comes into the EU will have a duty or tax on it. So companies like Boxy, like uh, SAP in this example with Germany as well, they're able to use AI within their supply chain uh, management uh, softwares 
in order to showcase to you, hey, red flag, you're going to need to do something about this and change quickly. But because it's working in tandem with a number of its also supply chain partners, right, sharing that data among partners, uh, you're going to be able to quickly adjust, find other suppliers so that your consumers don't see the hiccup that you just caught in your supply chain as well. And that that's where I think this technology gets really cool to be able to adjust, to be able to make like supply chain twins and, and able to quickly uh, capture problems within your supply chain and react to them in real time. That's where this stuff gets really cool. Grace, you really just kind of answered the question I was about to ask here anyway, but when uh, when the term future proofing, uh, when I saw that, I kind of, it kind of led me to think, okay, it looks like we're going to keep things the same for a really long period of time and not evolve at all. Um, but as as you kind of uh, already alluded to it a little bit in terms of how adaptive it is, can you kind of uh, illustrate the concept for those that have never heard of it before? Yeah, so really the, the great thing about AI is I think people look at it as a tool that you can use to answer questions quickly now, right? When I say it's a lot of the talk we've seen and a lot of the tools we've quickly seen adopt from uh, GPT is uh, here's an issue I'm having or I can't find this container right, tell me where it is, almost more of like an Alexa feel. But where AI gets really cool is where it starts to, uh, using machine learning, right, starts to learn where issues will likely arise. And that's what we talk about when we say future proofing. And what's great about this, too, is someone like SAP, in order to really find those problems in the future, you got to have a lot of data, a lot of problems from the past that you've been able to solve, right, and be and be able to uh, push that through your system and generate that results. Now, if you don't have that much data behind you, that can become difficult. But uh, the last time I checked, I think we put on there, yeah, they have over 80 large shipping customers who have within those supply chains over 250,000 trading partners, which leads to over $200 billion in trade. So these big companies that are really diving in and, and sharing their data into these AI or machine learning generated uh, systems, uh, you're going to see some incredible payoff over time. Grace, I'm excited because it seems like there are going to be so many solutions that we didn't know were going to be possible for issues that we may have not even seen just yet. Uh, one of the ones that come to my mind is really kind of lowering that steep learning curve that might be in the way for some people really kind of being innovative or entering the industry. So my first thoughts go into someone that's maybe coming from a different segment altogether, and now they're in this industry looking to problem solve. Can you talk to how that really kind of lowers that learning curve to really be impactful, to really start to make some of these changes here? Yeah, perfect question, uh, because actually part of their uh, SAP business network for industry that they had come out this week as well uh, is focused on engaging the employees with our, within our industry. I mean, if you can create these systems that can automatically trigger these events in real time, uh, there's not going to be too much uh, background knowledge needed, right? Someone like myself who didn't go to school for supply chain or might not have that supply chain experience could take a job 
at maybe something crazy huge like Flexport, right? Uh, or a company using SAP uh, and, and quickly be able to understand it because of the engagement that that technology has. You know, really anything that this thing right here can do, if your systems can't do that or get something close to that within the next decade, I mean, we <laughs> you're pulling from a group of individuals who've lived with this thing in their hands since probably day two of of being alive, there's Beyonce there for you. Um, so I think it's it's really crazy. I think when they talk about the future uh, employees of this industry, that's actually uh, the CEO of SAP made it clear that this technology is going to really help engage these employees and retain them over time, which if you can retain an employee, that, that saves on cost alone. Grace, we've got about a minute left here. Uh, obviously, this is a tremendous jump forward for a lot of people in terms of being able to do a lot of work a lot quick, a lot more quickly. Uh, any idea as to what may be coming next down the pike? Uh, if this advancement takes us so far, obviously there are ideas about where this is going to take us. Yeah, I get really excited when I, I think of like supply chain twins, which I, I really should probably do some work on and present to you guys even deeper here in the future. Uh, being able to uh, create an exact replica, right, of your supply chain and say, hey, if I just change the supplier over to maybe this country, how does that affect everything? And in real time, being able to get that answer, I mean, that stuff I think is really cool. And that, especially for I mean, the best part about all this technology is really breaking down barriers for individuals to become their own entrepreneurs, become merchants, to, to start their own companies, sell their own goods. And if, if this stuff is coming out now and is this powerful over time, right, it'll become cheaper. Uh, that's the best part about late adopters, right, is you, you are late to adopting it, but you're probably going to get it for uh, a better rate. And I, I'm excited to see really the equality and, and the, the sharing of equity that we'll start to see with this technology trickling down to the average or small, medium-sized company. Grace, it's going to be an interesting time to watch, especially on the technology front as things continue to evolve. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. All right, we are going to take a short break, but before we get there, we'll get to our market update to look at the last 24 hours in freight. 